Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. We're here. We're actually here this time. <laughs> no, I don't have a fancy intro in mind, you know, just because everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast, everyone. Yes, it is. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're back once again this week. Um, just having fun like we usually do. This is kind of a, a work in progress this week. We we did a little experiment that last week that just failed terribly on us. We're idiots. Well, earlier well, it, in the week, it I was, should say. It, it was a fitting, it's fitting that we're re-recording this one with today's theme. So we're not smoking today, huh? Well, one of us isn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's 420 this week. You know, we know a lot of our, our fans out there are celebrating in 420 style, and we thought... You know, what a great experiment to do. We could do a 420 episode while also partaking for 420. Right. I mean, great concept, you know. Sounds like a lot of fun. Probably be a really great episode mm-hmm. if you didn't get so stoned that you forgot to hit record. Yeah. So. Well, that, that was me, actually. So. All right. So here we are, 420 <laughs> Part 2, right? Yeah, and we're actually recording on 420 today. So, and so it, it works out. And it's Easter, so happy stoned Easter bunny. There you go. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to basically just play songs that uh, celebrate the joys of ganja. Mm-hmm, and um, I've smoked enough for three lifetimes in my time, so... Uh, yeah. And I, I actually, I just got to stand near you half the time just to, you yeah. know, just to get a secondhand buzz off your radiation. Right, and... Um, and I don't do cocaine. I just love the way it smells. <laughs> but that's a different episode. But um, so I guess before we get on to songs about pot, we gotta do our geeks of the week. And yeah, boy, we don't have no Canadians here this week. Not man. this week, but uh, I'll tell you what: the Monsters of Rock Cruise episode just gangbusters on downloads, and that's uh, due to one. One, it was great having Rich and Andy in the studio, and uh, it was it turned out really well. And um, also. Boy, people really spread the word. And guys, this is how we grow the audience. And this is how this show gets bigger and better. Um, all right, I'm going to start reading off names. And this is going to take a little while. All right, these I, are our Geeks of the Week. These are the people that retweeted on Twitter and shared on Facebook the link oh, to last man. week's episode. I saw people sharing that link all over the internet. So here we go. Twitter is not as many, but and then Facebook's going to take a while. Twitter, Derek Novak, The Killer Dwarfs. Nice. Vixen. Heck yeah. Paul Korn. Lori Grant, Lorraine Lewis, oh, right Fatal, Jason Fatale. Wood, Monsters of Rock Cruise retweeted it. Sweet. Someone named Dream Theater 68. I don't think that's the band. Um, and then Monsters of Rock, which is a different Twitter account for the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Sweet. So nice. that's cool. All right. Tweeting all over the place. Facebook. Dave Shirt. Oh, I love that guy. That guy shares everything we do with Yeah, amazing. he does. Um, Taiketto. They did something special awesome. with it, too. Yeah, they did. Very um, cool. Amanda Green. Pris, the band, the uh, Kiss tribute band Heck we yeah. mentioned. Shane Bear, Steve Smith, Russ Dwarf, the Killer Dwarfs. Some guy named Aaron Camaro shared it. I did. Trent Anderson. That guy shared it three times. That's the drummer from Tough. Okay. Todd Chasen, the bass player, he shared it as well. So Tough enjoyed 
their little moment in the sun on our show. That's cool. Although they they've should. had a number of moments. Had, yeah, they've had a lot of moments over the years. <laughs> yeah. Simon Daniels, the singer for Autograph, shared it. Right on. Uh, someone, Hobie Benelli, Julie, Julie Bootland, Hattari Mann, Don Taylor, Monsters of Rock Cruise, Daryl Dwarf shared it. Right on. Andy LaFon, Rich Dillon. Of course, okay, I think yeah. there's a reason they shared it, but they share them regularly anyway. They were sharing them with their parents and their aunts right. and uncles Check and grandparents. JTB's Groovy Record Room. Hell yeah. Kingsley Dwyer, Rodney Dixon, Robert DePasqua, and Brian Ronald. So thank you all. Awesome. So yeah, if you want to be Geek the Week next week and uh, you like the uh, discussion of missing brain cells this week, then uh, share it and retweet it and I'll mention your name on the show next week. That's grassroots, baby. Grassroots. And speaking grass of grass. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do some songs about smoking dope. All right. Cool. All right. So who's going first, me? Uh, yeah, you go ahead and go first. Okay. Well, this was the first song that popped into my head when we decided to do this theme. Um, well, it's also a great album. I think we've just about played every song on this album <laughs> on the show. Um, and hopefully something really special involving this album later this year. Yes. Um, th- this is Motley Crue's sixth studio album. came out March fifteenth, 1994, so almost exactly 20 years ago. So uh, the lyrics to this to this song are really awesome, and some of them are "Smoke my hoochie, you say that I'm the devil." Reality THC. Marco Polo hel- hailed it in heaven. Socrates inhaled it too. Mr. President, tell the truth. Talking about Bill Clinton there. Yeah. You're the great exaggerator since 1932, telling evils of the reefer, but all through time we've smoked the sky. Here's Motley Crue.
man, that is an awesome song. It I is. love Kicks that ass. so much. You know what strikes me as kind of funny? I don't think Motley Crue ever sang any songs about smoking the reefer till John Karabi showed up. I guess not. No, I guess they were too busy partying hard. Well, they were shooting they heroin. <laughs> <and stuff, so. laughs> like, hey, this Karabi guy's on to something here. Yeah. You know, give up all that, throw them death drugs and just smoke a little green. But yeah, one, one of my favorite albums of the 90s, for oh, sure. Most definitely. Great album. All right, well, what do you got first? All right, well, when I was sitting down putting together the list of ones that I thought we, we could showcase today, I was playing this one, and my wife overheard it, and it was about halfway through the song, and she says, I love this song. And I said, what? Because I was playing the Bullet Boys. Okay. I said, what do you know about the Bullet Boys? She goes, well, nothing, but I know I like this song. And she started saying it was a rap song. I said, what? No, this is the Bullet Boys. This is no rap song. I don't want to hear Mark Torian rapping. No. (laughs) (laughs) But what it is, is in the breakdown of this song, and the song I'm talking about is THC Groove. Oh, yeah. In the breakdown in the middle, um, they bust, Mark busts into this kind of, it's a band called, a rap group called the Loonies. I'm told. Okay. So, and it's interesting because of all the times I've heard this song, I've never known that. And I would have never known that because I don't listen to rap. So your wife gave you some knowledge. She gave me some knowledge about the Bullet Boys inadvertently. Cool. It's amazing the way that works sometimes. But you're going to dig this. This one is a special version. It comes off the the 2000 Burning Cats and Amputees album, which was a greatest hits, but them regrooving their stuff as some of these bands are known to do. And man, they do a hell of a version of this one. So stepping right into it right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, it's the Bullet Boys and it's THC Groove. Hearts will never 
That's an excellent song, THC Groove, off Burning Cats and Amputees. Now, I'm wondering if the Bullet Boys can tell the future, because that came out in 2000. Uh-huh. And there's this tour going on this year with Kiss and Def Leppard. Burning Cats and, and Amputees. Yeah. Wow. Why didn't they name the tour that? <laughs> That's awful. I'm going to hell. That is awful. Okay, so... Shame on you, yeah, Chris Yeah, that was mean. All right, so I've got the next pick. You better pick somebody nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, this one, I started doing research for, you know, possible songs, and like, um, on the Lost recording of this episode, I mentioned that, uh, we, we would have had a much easier time putting this show together if we were a rap show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, 99% of rap songs are about sure. smoking dog. yeah. Google it. Go online and it's, Google it. Marijuana songs. It's all Snoop Dogg. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, but like rock, finding really great rock and metal songs is a little bit harder. Um, yeah. But uh, this one was made a lot of lists because uh, it's the whole song is basically about drug tourism, um, describing searching in places like Colombia, Mexico, Jamaica, Thailand, and more to looking for dope. And uh, this is a song from Russia's 2112 album. came out in 1976. Some of the lyrics, Sweet Jamaican Pipe Dreams, Golden Acapulco Nights, Then Morocco and the East, Fly by Morning Light. It's beautiful. This is Rush with Passage to Bangkok.
What an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> you get a song, you know, sometimes it's just a song, but sometimes it's an adventure. Yeah. You feel the adventure in that song. Rush is a progressive band, but that song rocks pretty hard. Yeah, it does. I like that early stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess moving along here, um, this is something, and I know we're celebrating today and we're supposed to be feeling good about things, but yeah, we haven't had a chance to really address this in the last couple of weeks because we've been so busy with everything. But it's been just recently that the world lost Dave Brocky. Yeah. I'm talking about Odorous Urungus from Guar. And I've been eating up inside with this pretty bad. You know, I was, you know, it's funny sometimes that like some people die that are famous that, you know, the world just shudders when it happens. But I don't care. Mm. And then there's other times where it's like I'm deeply, deeply hurt by something. And the whole world, nobody else seems to know. Yeah. They don't even know who it is. It's terribly sad. That's how I've kind of been experienced this oh, Dave Brocky thing. Because I say, hey, man, did you hear about lead singer Guar? And everyone's like, who? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, the rock world's been I know. The rock world it. definitely has, you know. And I, I feel good about that, that so many, you know, respectable people have came forward and said what, you know, said some really great things about Odorous Urungus, you know. And it, it really hurts me because Guar had kind of become my wife and I's band. Right. You know, they were the ones that we would go together and never miss a show. I went to the one by myself, and when I came back, my skin was dyed all these different colors. <laughs> and I must have been wild-eyed when I came in the house because I said, baby, you know, we, you gotta, it was the most amazing thing. And she's like, all right, next time I'll go. My wife could give two shits about Guar's music, you know, and if she actually listened to the lyrics, probably would be highly <laughs> offended by most of them. But she was so blown away by the stage show yeah. that any time they've come through Nashville since, we've never missed it. Well, the great thing about Gore is they're, they were extremists yeah. in every way. And yeah. there, were no, there was nothing that was off limits to them as far as lyrically or show-wise. Right. They basically spit in the face of censorship. Exactly. You know, and if, you, if there's ever been a band that said... There's nothing that we can't do, right? You know, so let's do what nobody else can. It's Guar, you know. Nobody like them. Pioneers, nobody like Guar, you know. And it breaks my heart to know that it's over. But today, because it's a Decibel Geek podcast and it's 4:20, I'd like to raise a bong to the memory of Dave Brocky, Odorous Urungus. Actually, I'm gonna raise this nitro burning funny bong. Oh, <laughs> 
peace, Dave Brocky, man. That's it's a it's a bummer he's gone. But as you heard in that song, it's a you know quite a legacy of good music there. Man, you know, and I gotta say, from seeing him live so many times, and you know what's really heartbreaking about it is he was at the top of my wish list. Yeah, you know, we kind of did a little decibel geek wish list of guys that we'd really like to talk to, and he was right up there on mine because I listened to him on other shows. And the poor interviewers, they don't know what the hell is going on, and he just runs them wild. I think we would have done great with Odorous Urungus on the show. Well, you got to know how to play the game with them when, when they're talking. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all a production. So. Right, yeah, especially yeah. with a guy like that. And yeah. I know you had an opportunity at one uh, time to interview him <laughs> yeah. where it would have been a great opportunity. Yeah, I had, I had been taught, I used to run a website long before the podcast, and um, they were coming here to Nashville and. It's just one of those things where, like, I'm you're a much bigger Guar fan than me, but I can appreciate their spot in musical history. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, it'd be cool to talk to them without the whole character thing and find out what they're like as people. So I contacted their PR person and just said, hey, while they're in town, is there any way I could maybe meet up with them early in the day and and talk to them and and you know and just talk to them without the characters or anything? Just, yeah. Because nobody sees that side of them, and the and the girl had agreed to it. I was expecting them to say, screw off, you're not doing that, because they typically wouldn't do you right. know, interviews that way. And they said yes, and then I got down there, and my name was on, not on the list, and the PR <laughs> person never answered the phone, and I got screwed out of seeing the show, too. And I had brought a buddy of mine who was the bass player in my band, who was a huge Guar fan, and he was all excited, and we were so bummed out. That sucks. So, you know, you know I, like you, I thought, well, with the podcast, eventually maybe we'd get him yeah. on the show. My dream would have been to have one week interview Odorous Urungus, yeah. and then the following Dave week Brockie interview from, Dave Brocky from a total different point of view. Although, you know, I don't know if Gore might still go on. I heard Tommy Thayer's getting fitted for a mask. Oh, no! Too soon. Ooh. <laughs> It'll always be too soon for that. Sorry, folks. You know. Here comes the hate mail. Odorous Urungus, one of the greatest front men of all time. He will be missed. Yeah, a real showman. Okay, so Guar had a long and illustrious history. Lots of albums, lots of shows. Yeah. Now I'm going to play something by a band that, you know, although they've apparently they've released eight total albums, and the last one came out in 2008, but really only one song that really made a dent in any radio play is a band called Jimmy's Chicken Shack. I remember them. And they uh, put out an album in 1997, I love the name, Pushing the Salmonella Envelope. That's awesome. Which is great. And, Sounds like a Guar title. Yeah, and I guess this would be classified kind of as new metal. I don't know, maybe. but it's, I don't know. It seems just like rock to me. Yeah, it's rocks. It's grooving, I guess. But it's got a great guitar riff on yeah. it. And um, I bought the album all excited. Like, man, I bet all the, the album must kick ass, you know, with this song on it. And sadly, mm, nope. that was the only good song on the album, in my opinion. I didn't yeah. like anything else. Same so, here. May, I mean, if you're a fan of Jimmy's Chicken Shack and you can uh, recommend one of these other eight albums, let me know. Maybe yeah. there's some good stuff on there it. There probably is. I mean, they, this song is great, <clears throat> so there's got to be other good stuff, too. Yeah, so this song is, uh, there's no uh, fancy schmancy uh, meaning behind this. This song is simply called High. See you 
Yeah, with their one song. If, if anybody knows of them, that's probably the one they know. Yeah, I remember it. Um, you know, I got to see. This is a good segue here from our from our previous to our next song. Yeah. Um, I actually got to see Jimmy's Chicken Shack way back in the day in Central Wisconsin. Yeah, opening up a show for Enough's Enough and Jackal. That's you know, and so this is. I'm going to go ahead and tell a really cool story about the time I met Chips Enough. Okay, we've I've, we've talked about this, but we've talked to, to guests about this story, so I don't yeah. think the audience has ever heard it though. No, so I'm gonna go ahead and, okay. and, and tell the story now and get it get it out of my system. This right. this is my chips and up story. Um, we went to Appleton, Wisconsin, to this club called the Checkered Flag, and I'd seen a bunch of great bands there. I'd seen Slaughter there. I'd seen LA Guns there. Vince Neil played an awesome show there. And this day, like I said, we're seeing Jimmy's Chicken Shack, Enough's Enough, and Jackal. So we're hanging out in the parking lot, and I noticed that the backstage area really isn't a backstage. It's just behind the building. It's in a fenced-in area with the fence wide open and nobody standing guard. And I say, hey, let's go backstage. But he says, oh, no, man. And I said, come on, let's go. You know, so we go in, and we walk in, and what do I see is this VW bus. And I'm looking at it, and there he is, Chips Enough. Mm-hmm. And I say to my buddy, there's Chips Enough, man. Let's go talk to him. So, okay, you know, so we go over there. I say, hey, Chip, what's up, man? 
And he steps out from behind the van. He says, hey, what's up, guys? And he's wearing a dress. <laughs> what it is, it's like this knitted thing. It looks like a tank top that comes down, low cut in the front, and into like a kind of a mini skirt. It's pink. Maybe it's... this describes the dangers of marijuana use. <laughs> yeah. Making decisions like this. The other side of it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I'm, I was like blown away by this. I'm like, what the hell, man? This ain't cool. And so we're bullshitting with him a little bit. And I say, hey, Chip, man, you want to burn one? Yeah. And, you know, Chip's enough. He's like, oh, yeah, brother, you holding? I say, yeah. He's like, let's park it up. You know, so we step behind the little bus thing. And we're passing the joint around. I'm getting nice and buzzed up. And I'm thinking, should I say something <laughs> to him? You know, is it my duty as a fan of Enough's Enough to say something to Chip yeah. about this? Or is it... Is it not my place as a fan well, to say something about this? For a point of reference, for those that weren't really into the alternative scene at the time, there was a weird trend of a few bands that were having singers that would throw dresses on. Nirvana yeah, did it. Nirvana, Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction. There was yeah. a band called Greta. The singer always wore a dress. Huh. So it was like an alternative thing, and I'm guessing that's where he was coming from. I think so. He had smoked some really better, be trendy. better than the stuff that I had when he thought of that idea. Yeah, like, oh, watching Nirvana on MTV going, hey, man, that looks cool. I'm going to wear a pink dress. Okay, you know? so, so back so, to the story. So back to the parking lot in Appleton, Wisconsin. So I'm smoking, and I'm thinking, i got to say something to him, man. This ain't right. So I say, hey, Chip. He's like, hey, brother. I say, uh, you know, what are you? what's up with the dress? And he's like, pretty cool, huh? And I said, no. no. <laughs> you just kind of looked at me and said, no, man, that ain't cool. I said, you know, I rode all the way down here from Merrill, Wisconsin with a bunch of guys that are big Jackal fans, you know, and they're telling me Enough's Enough sucks, you know, and I'm telling them Enough's Enough is one of the most awesome bands around, you know, and now you're going to get up on stage wearing a fucking pink dress, you know, this is Wisconsin, you're going to get beer bottles chucked at your head. I said, these guys are going to, you know, call you names, yeah. you know. Thinking a, jack a jackal crowd isn't going to like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, don't do this. Yeah. And he said, oh, okay, well, check it out. And he lifts up his skirt, and he's wearing, like, these biker shorts underneath. And he tucks this, the dress, the skirt part, into the shorts and says, check it out. It's a tank top. Is that cool? I said, That'll that'll work, it'll man. Work. That's that's cooler. <laughs> Thanks, you know. Thank you. And then when he played the show, he left it all tucked in, so he listened to me. That's good. Pink tank top and all. Aaron Camaro, career advisor. Well, you know, somebody <laughs> had to step in at that point, but and Chip you know, hasn't worn a dress since, as far as I, I as far as I know, too. So there you go. So we couldn't really do a 420 episode without enough's enough because no. these guys are such big advocates of marijuana. And uh, so this one comes off 2002's Welcome to the Blue Island. It's Enough's Enough with Roll Me Like a Doobie. Sit here and wait for the call to roll in. 
gotta love that enough's enough. I love that song. I you know and I don't we we've we've extolled the virtues of enough's enough so many times on the show. It's just yeah. But that's one of those mysteries. Is why, why was that band not bigger? You know. Yeah, it's, it's so, crazy. So, so great. Although they don't really fit into any time period. You know. No, not really because they came out at a strange time. They you know, did. At a, at a weird crossroads in music. Timing history. does matter. You, yeah, you know, it sure does. All the talent in the world can't save you if you had the wrong timing. Right. So um. Okay, so we're going from Enough's Enough to a band that's got a huge history. Um, unfortunately, they're remembered for the wrong thing now, but uh, a lot of great music. And we interviewed Jack Russell you know, a couple years back. Love that guy. Great guy. And um, I don't know, it's, a, it's great why. And I'm sure Terry Elus, or however you pronounce his name, is a good guy, and he's a professional, and you know, Great White's continued on without Jack. And, From everything I've and, heard, they're great. And I'm sure they're great. But I just, every time I hear him, I'm like, I wish Jack was singing. So, yeah. So I just, I'm, I guess. And I'm when, I seen, when I seen Great White with Jack Russell and Tony Montana was there. Yeah. And that was out in L.A. at the, at the Whiskey. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Just awesome. Well, it, was, it was like, if you took, well, basically, if you take the Great White song, strip the keyboards out, and, you know, punch a little heavier guitar in there, and that's what you got. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And Jack's voice is just so definable with that band. So And he still sounds just as good as he ever did, if he not does. better. Um, but I want to play something off the Can't Get There From Here album. This came out, I think it was in 99. Um, this was, you know, a bad talk about timing. This was not the great time, a great time for Great White. They, um, they were struggling playing clubs. This was a huge hit single in one town <laughs> by one DJ. Do you want to tell that story? <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be playing the Great White single, but I was all the time. And uh, so the the Can't Get There from Out Here album was their ninth album. It was the last album they would do for eight years, and uh, it was produced by Jack Blades. Nice. And uh, some of the lines are, We were already gone with a whole lot to go. When the police showed up, I told them, Kiss my arse. So young, living to die, and I was on my own. Two wrongs making a right. I was rolling stoned.
I love the I like the Stonesy sound of that song. Yeah, it's really that's a very good song. All the uh, Jack Blades did a good job on the production of that album. They, all the instruments are separated nicely. It's not muddy at all. Yeah, I, I just that's a the can't get there from out here album is great. If you want to buy that album and anything else you hear on this show, um, there's Am- go to the Amazon link on the decibelgeek.com yeah. homepage. You click on that, you can buy whatever you need. That album, anything. Buy a lawnmower, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but if you buy anything on there through that, through our link on our homepage, we get a kickback, just a small percentage of whatever you paid. You don't have to even spend any extra money, and you support Decibel Geek that way. Heck yeah, that's at www.decibelgeek.com. You're also going to find at the website amazing articles being written all the time. The Meister's been busting them out, telling all the... You know, all the details that we couldn't really get to to cover on the show last week. So oh, if you cruise, guys yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't get enough, you can go back There's in the archives lot. and check out his in depth articles about his adventures on the high seas. And I also want to tip my hat to uh, BJ Kahuna who just put out a great oh, review man. of Paul Stanley's new book and boy, he does not Amazing. hold back. It was so good. Yeah, it's it, I got to say that that review was probably better than Paul Stanley's book. Well, I haven't read the book yet. I haven't so yet I either, know. but I think I get the gist of it well, already. Yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm really interested to read the book after reading BJ's yeah. review because, yeah, BJ uh, does not hold back on his opinion on this no, stuff. And he and makes I, a, some very compelling points. He really does. I agree with it pretty much 100%. Yeah, so I'd check that that review out. It's really good. Heck yeah. All right, so you got the next pick. All right, next pick for me. Well, if we were doing a show today about peer pressure... This would be, we would only have one song. This would be, this is the number one song about peer pressure of all time. It's basically, you know, I'm going to get high. You want to get high? You don't want to get high? Why wouldn't you want to get high? Come on, let's get high. I think you, you ought to try. <laughs> I think you ought to try. This is Ace Frehley from the 1978 solo album. He wants you to give it a try. Give it a try. It's Ace Frehley with Ozone.
that song it's a great album all the way around but that song yeah. sticks out yeah it does that's that song just says 1970s let's get fucked up and rock song i mean yeah. that's just the the guitar parts on it the the lyrics all of it, it's just excellent you know the space ace has blown a lot of spliffs over the years I'm excited for his next album. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm hoping there's some of the spirit of that 78 album on there. Well, from everything I've read and everything Ace has said about it, you know, we, we put the pressure on him. We told him, you know, we told him everybody that he was coming out with a new album this year. And you, now he's got to live up did. to it. You did. I'll I'm not taking credit <laughs> for that. In your face, exactly. In your face. I said we have, what, 15 more years to go. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so you know, now I'm, I'm excited, man. Space Invader. Yeah, it should be cool. I, you know, I liked Anomaly a lot, and I'm looking forward to this one. So. Heck yeah. Okay, I got one more pick to go. If Ace Frehley um, had a joint, you and he said that to you, you'd have to smoke it with him. You'd have sure. to. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna play. This is this song is basically the birth of stoner rock. Yeah, couldn't do this show without this one. This no way. Is the, this is the, in my opinion, the top of the heap as far as rock songs about weed. Can't do a show without Black Sabbath, Sweet Leaf. No way. From Master Reality, 1971, their third album. The cough at the beginning of the song is actually a loop of Tony Iommi coughing while he was sharing a joint with Ozzy. Nice. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's very cool. Some of the lines... His vocal debut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the lines, straight people don't know what you're about. They put you down and shut you out. You gave gave to me a new belief, and soon the world will love you sweetly.
can rest easy knowing I played the uh, the ultimate pothead song. The <laughs> song right there. One no the, doubt about it. One of the it. best riffs of all time. I always think about riding around in the car with my dad when I was a kid and listening to that song and having no idea what it meant, you know, and knowing he was a straight-laced guy, you know, and, and wouldn't smoke. And now to look back on it, it's just, it's amusing to me. Another know? good, um, and it's not even a full thing, but it, one thing I like that was done cover-wise, and that song's been covered by everybody. Oh, yeah. But there's a cover that uh, Anthrax did of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, but at the at the end of the cover, you, they go, uh uh-huh, 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 yeah. and then they kick into the Sweet Leaf riff. Right. That's one of my, that, that was how I discovered some Sabbath stuff, was through that Anthrax cover. Right on. So, yeah, I just, you know, and I was like, wow, what is that from? And then my friends were like, oh, it's Black Sabbath, check this out. Hell yeah. So, yeah, so that's a, that, 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 riff, that riff never gets old. Right on. So we've covered quite a few good ones here today. Um, before we get out of here, you know, I just thought, you know, because we can't cover everybody. Of course, we don't have the time. But you got to think, through rock history, you got the 60s. Pretty much everybody. Jimi Hendrix was smoking. The Beatles, hell, John Lennon got busted in 68. Harrison got busted in 69. McCartney, in 1980, he got busted in Tokyo with a half pound, was jailed for 10 days and deported. And Ringo... Ringo never got busted. He already smoked it all. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo was smarter, I guess. Yeah. Um, Eric Clapton and Neil Young get busted for weed in 1968. Of course, you got The Doors. I mean, that's stoner music right there yeah. th- through and through. The Stones, you know, they were smoking up. Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, they, oh, they, those guys kept Columbia in business alone for yeah. 20 years. part of their DNA. Uh, CCR, you know, those guys were smoking. Everyone back then. Uh, David Bowie and Iggy Pop in 76. They get busted in Rochester, New York, get in trouble. Uh, Poor Chuck Berry, he was an old man in 1990. He was busted with 62 grams. You know, um, (laughs) Zeppelin, you don't even got to look at them. Just listen to the songs. You know, these guys are smoking something. ZZ Top, Skinner, Aerosmith, Sleeping Late, Smoking Tea. Um, Alice Cooper and Dick Wagner. Mm Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, those as guys, you'll hear soon. You know, yeah, read the book on that one, Not Only Women Bleed by Dick Wagner. Um, Clutch, that's a great stoner band. The Super Suckers have written some great songs about weed. Even Nirvana's had some weed songs. I think we need to do a stoner rock episode. So. Yeah, probably should. Um, couldn't not talk about Pantera, you know, Dimebag and, and Phil with Down. They got a bunch mm, of good they have a stoner song songs. Hail to the Leaf, I almost played that one. Yeah, on yeah, Bury Me in Smoke. Right. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> Uh, Kid Rock, you know, he's got a bunch of, uh, Mad Season, mm-hmm. that's always a good one to burn Smoked one a lot and of dope to. to that album. Yeah, and listen to that. Yeah. Uh, Monster Magnet, Pariah, Mother Love Bone, mm-hmm. um, couldn't leave out David Lee Roth, you gotta remember in 1993, remember when he got busted trying to buy a nickel sack from an undercover in New York? Washington Square Park. Yeah. yeah I've heard that story. Uh, let's see, Brett Michaels, just not too long ago, a couple years ago in 2010, he got busted on the tour bus. Remember that in uh, Indiana got nailed for marijuana on the bus. <gasps> I can't believe it. Yeah, rock stars carrying weed. Sebastian Bach in 2010 <laughs> and 2011, back to back, six months apart. Once in Canada, another one in New Jersey. Yeah, he partakes quite regularly. Yeah, he does. You ever see him on uh, the Trailer Park Boys? <laughs> <laughs> 
show? No. Oh, man, he's hilarious on there, and it's all about weed. Oh, okay, I'll have to check that out. I don't know if you remember this. Back in the day, it had to have been in the 90s on one of those daytime talk shows. Sebastian Bach was on there, and they were talking about marijuana mm-hmm. way back then. And there was some guy, I just remember there was like some guy going, yeah, I smoked it, and I blew it in my baby sister's face, and Sebastian Bach was like, what? I'll kill you! you know? <laughs> Probably meant it, too. Yeah, you know, what the <laughs> F is wrong with you? You know, he was going to kill this guy, you know? Wow. Was, you know? Because Sebastian Bach was there as a responsible smoker, right. you know? And yeah. you got some fucktard trying to blow it in the face of a baby. What the hell's wrong with that guy? Wow. You know, Sebastian was going to kill him. Um, let's see... Of course, you were going to talk about uh, uh, Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, Woody Harrelson, this is like probably mid to late 90s, he went on David Letterman's show, and Woody has been a big proponent of legalizing hemp Love that and guy. stuff. And he's a big pothead. Yeah. And he that time, he went on Letterman's show, and he was wearing, a, his whole suit was made out of hemp. That's And he was trying to make a point of how useful hemp is. Right. And then, you know, Letterman's, you know, basically trying to bait him about smoking weed and he goes, well, you know, somebody backstage, Woody told me that that you don't smoke weed anymore. And he goes, no, I don't smoke anymore. And then he smiled and he said, I don't smoke any less either. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Woody Harrelson rules. Uh, Bill Murray got arrested in 1970 for trying to smuggle nine pounds through O'Hare Airport. No kidding. Nine pounds. <laughs> so Doc which, McGee. which uh, yeah, you got can't forget about Doc McGee. That yeah. guy's probably smoked quite a few in his day. Um, which Guns N' Roses member do you think smoked most pot? Oh, good lord, probably Slash. You think so? I was going to lean towards Izzy Stradlin. Right. Izzy Stradlin seems like the pothead. Izzy Stradlin is to me. Where are you? <laughs> Come back. Come on the show, Izzy Stradlin. We'd love to have you. So basically, looking at this whole list and everything we've played today, it comes down to who in rock doesn't smoke pot, really. Yeah, you'd have a you know, shorter like it, list. It comes down to pretty much death metal bands and Ted Nugent. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else is smoking. Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. And Gene. But he's lying. Although I do it. love the story about Gene Simmons eating those hash brownies back in the 70s. That's and freaking funny. out. So funny. And then Peter Chris, somebody pulling Peter Chris, going, hey, Gene's eating one of those hash brownies. And Gene goes, fuck it, let him eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, where was TMZ in the seventies? Where were where were camera phones back then? Oh, that would have been funny to see. Awesome. So well, I've had fun today. Yeah, you man. know, time to time to clear out the room, kind of clear the smoke, get a little air freshener going in here. But I've got one. This one might be a little bit of a stretch for the Decibel Geek Podcast. It's a great song, but man. hell, we're having fun today, and it is a great song. This one goes back to nineteen sixty eight, way way back. And this is off their second studio album, a band called Steppenwolf. That's the oldest thing we've played. Is it? We did a 69-year interview, so this predates that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, we played other Steppenwolf. I think we played a different Steppenwolf song from 68, uh, The Pusher. Yeah, and we also did um, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, which is Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, never mind. Maybe we need to go way, way back again. It's been a while since we've traveled way back in time. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. But in the meantime, here's a great marijuana protest song. This is Steppenwolf right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. This one's called Don't Step on the Grass. Sam. Smoke them if you got them. Staring at the boat till turning on the big knob. Trying to find some life in the wasteland. Find a final program. Gonna deal with Mary Jane. Ready for a trip in the hate land. Along with his yes, self righteous Sam. And I'm one more guy. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 